Welcome to the Different Skill Notebook Podcast. The Different Skill Notebook is a tool for parents and educators to equip children and teens with the social, emotional, and independent skills needed to thrive in their life. The Different Skill Notebook is the result of the work of Dr. Sandra Savinelli and Anand Salma at the Social Mind Center. They found that parents and educators cannot always identify the skills needed to overcome some of the barriers that the child is experiencing to learning and thriving. The notebook identifies the different skills, tools, and resources needed to overcome some of the learning barriers and differences that are experienced by children and teens today. These are different times, requiring different skills and tools. Join us as we share our smart conversations with our parents, educators, and colleagues to give children the life skills and social adaptation needed to thrive in environments that keep changing. Welcome everyone to the Different Skill Notebook podcast. I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Melissa Pascucci. She's one of my interns at the Social Mind Center. And I invited her on to the podcast because I wanted her to share with us um, a little bit of her history on how she got to the point where she is now, where she is working at the Damarino campus as a teacher assistant and a job coach um, and an advocate for many of the students there. It was her passion to work with um, the autism community and to help them find their place and their purpose in the world as she did. So I wanted her to tell us a little bit about her journey on where she started out and how she got to this point. Um, in this first session, we're going to talk about her journey after high school. And then in our second part of this, which will be in another podcast session, we will talk about uh, my journey with Melissa at the Social Mind Center and then how she returned back to Marino campus and is employed there now. And she's working in something that she really loves and she really feels that she's making a difference in the world. So welcome, Melissa. How are you today? I'm doing really great, and it's really an honor to be a part of this podcast. Yes, it's an honor to have you. I know we've been trying to plan this for a long time, and you've been really busy, so I'm glad we're finally getting to it. So, Melissa, tell us a little bit about your journey right after high school. You graduated from high school, and then what was your experience like after high school? Well, it was very kind of like a unique one. I kind of like was... A little bit floundering a little bit where my parents were trying to really hard to to find me a job to help me out and at first i started with dog grooming and then i also uh, got really into my art and drawing and you know i, I worked with the retired old disney animator uh, al baruch and i also worked with uh, evelyn miranda who, who also has a connection with disney so it's been just kind of like really a bit of a long yeah a long journey journey started and because of my asperger's it wasn't always easy finding something finding a job my parents 
um, they didn't think I could go through uh, college. Okay. So I've just been kind of walking through like. Now, like do you think that you do you think you could have done college or what's your perspective on that? I think you never know unless you give it a chance. Unless, I agree you, with you. You never know what you're what you're capable of unless you give yourself a chance. Absolutely. And so sometimes did, push they, did, did they just discourage you from going to college or you were hesitant? What happened there? Because I know our parents, you know, I want our parents to know that there's different pathways. You know, college is one stepping stone, but there's many opportunities out there and there and a lot of things you can do without college. Right. So can you tell me what what was like the big decision of not going to college? Yeah, they kind of discouraged it. Okay. They, yeah, they, they okay. did. Um, and do you still think that's something you can do? And it's still... You know, I think it's a path that I was never given the option to explore. Okay. And I want our listeners to listen to this because, you know, when we were prepping for the podcast, I was telling you how important it is and I know you are a big promoter of this, and you've even taught me a lot more about it, our relationship, and in your journey about finding your place, you've taught me a lot about how important it is to listen to what you want, what the person wants, um, you know, to do. They need to have a voice in the process. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of parents find themselves, I mean, me being a parent of two neurodivergent children, I find myself wanting what's best for them and maybe sometimes thinking I know what's best for them and, and fear and letting fear. I think fear is a big part of it for parents. They're afraid for you and they want you to be safe. And I think sometimes parents don't want to see their kids fail. So we restrict their opportunities, right, to explore different things. And maybe college wouldn't have worked out, but maybe it was worth exploring. So, okay, so you decided not to go the college, the traditional college route, because there's different, like Marino Campus is another option, which we'll talk about that. Yes. So you started with your dog grooming and you explored the animation. Tell me a little bit about what happened there. Well, with the dog grooming, it was something that I was like I was good at, I mean, but it was something that I had no passion over, you know, like. You didn't love it to do it. Yeah, I didn't you. love it. It's not something I felt like I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. And that's something that a lot of parents need to, to understand. Your child could be good at something like they could be. And that's something you need to understand, too. Yeah, yeah. They're, like I'm good at hosting parties doesn't mean I want to do it for a living, right? Like right. I'm good at a lot of things that I love to do, but I don't necessarily want to do it for work. You don't have that passion or that drive. You know, it's just something you do just for fun. You know, it's not, or something you want to do just every now and then. Right. But not that is such a good you know, point. Yeah. Not something you can see yourself doing forever. You're just, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's like you find yourself getting into arguments with your parents over it, saying, you know, you're so good at it. You know, you know, every person that um, you've talked to said this is the best road for you. And you find yourself saying to them, it's like, I know, but it's not something I see myself doing for the rest of and my that's, life. That's something that we want everyone to take home today, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the motto for the um, neurodivergent autistic community is nothing about us without us. And what you think about it is very mm -hmm. important. And you yeah. didn't see yourself as a dog groomer, right? Definitely. So uh, permanently, 
like a, yeah. a life career. So um, what happened then? Did your parents hear you out or? Um, I think they eventually heard me out. Not maybe not heard me, but eventually just like consented to it. You know, it's like they didn't connect the dots even then. So uh, they like they didn't understand that there's a difference between being good at something and just not having the passion for it and not having that drive. You know, just because you're good at something, it doesn't mean you have the drive to do it. Absolutely. And so did your pursuing of the animation, wanting to be an animator happen before the dog grooming or after the dog grooming, or it happened all around the same time? It happened all pretty much all around the same time. Um, but again, my parents didn't exactly see that as a good option. Even when I was working with uh, Al Baruch and uh, Evelyn Miranda, they didn't see it as much of a as a, much of a future. Um, I mean, I would make cards for them, and and it's like, oh, you can get into the greeting card business or something like that. But it was like something that they never, like, I kept wanting to pursue it. I kept pushing it and pushing it, but it's like they pushed back and I did do I, you think now looking back there were some other avenues that you could have done like maybe gone to art school or anything like that oh yeah I think we'll always have that wonders and I think okay. we'll always have that like well what if I had done this okay what if I said that it's kind of like we'll always have those what ifs and that's well what you know here's the good news you're super young and, you know, you can always explore those. I know there's a lot of goals that you have right now, independence goals and so forth. So I know you're working on a lot of things. So that may be something that you can put on your wish list. You know, like we have a lot of opportunities to sometimes get back to things. But so you do think that even with like college, that it could have been something you could have explored further. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Okay. All right. Um. So then what happened, like the dog grooming didn't work out, the animation, so what happened then? Well, then actually my sister, um, she was the one that found Marino campus. Okay. A couple of years later. And uh, she found, and she talked to my parents about it and we looked into it. Um, and my dad said, you know, this would be perfect for you. And I wanna point this out, Marino campus is a college. Yes, it is. Not, it is it's, a college. It's, Absolutely. It's not a four-year college, um, but it is a college. Absolutely. Yes. And it's, so, it's an alternative like, education. Like, that's what I was saying earlier, that there's traditional colleges, and then there's all these other types of institutions that provide an education and in a career for you. They're just not a traditional university or college, right? Yeah. So, um, so tell us, tell me about Dan Marino, your sister found it, and tell me how you got there. And tell me a little bit about that, because I'm sure so we... So we went there and I looked around and I just like, I pretty much like, you know, I was like curious, but I also kind of like felt, you know, like loved the place, you know, like I thought it was really, really cool, really interesting. And, you know, being the only one in my family with Asperger's, it felt really good to for once be with others who may not be on the same level at, uh, as me when it came to 
autism and Asperger's, but yeah, because everybody on the autism spectrum is different, right? Yeah. That's like like people will we, we always tell people at the center if you've met somebody with autism, you've met one person with autism because everyone's so unique, right? Yeah, you've met so, you or a, maybe a better answer would be you've met one person that's on a different level with autism. Right, that's what the neural not diversity every who has autism is the same. You know, just like just like not everybody is the same not every person who has autism or asperger's is the same has the same diagnosis has the same has the right. same symptoms has uh, everything's the same everything is different if different but, but i think what you learned was that lisa damarino there was a lot of people that were had a lot of your same challenges mm -hmm. in finding their place in the world and, yeah. Dammer, and the Marino campus was a place that was helping them sort that all out. Yeah. Right. Um, yep. Because they understood where you were coming from. So yeah. you went there and you liked it. What, what did you like about it? I know that, that you felt like it was a community that you could identify with, but what else did you like about the Marino campus? I liked how the teachers were just always there to guide, you know, like you don't have that. Okay. Like you don't have like those kind of teachers that really understand. Like I've always had kind teachers, but you know, until okay. you know campus, um, I never really had like a like a teacher that you know you felt like you could turn to that truly did understand. Like truly was that understands the, the supports and, and what yeah and that understands the supports that you need. Yeah, I mean, not even with parents too. I mean, like. My I parents, you know, like they claim, like, you know, they say that they did all the research and, you know, but it's kind of like, I didn't find out about my Asperger's until I was 15 and I didn't find out from them. I found out from the school okay. psychiatrist and, okay. um, they, do you think it's important for kids to know? Cause I know that at the center, we talk a lot about parents and when we should tell the kids. And, you know, I usually think like fifth grade, I mean, it, like we were saying, every person on the autism spectrum is different. So I always tell parents, it's important for them to know their own strengths and weaknesses. Like, yes. you know, this is why I struggle to do this. Cause I think some things are difficult for people on the spectrum, you know, navigating a neurotypical educational system that is designed not for neurodivergent people is difficult. And mm -hmm. I think when they know, oh, okay, this is hard for me because of this. So then I need to do this. It makes life easier for them. Right. When they yeah. understand. The thing with my parents was they never, they never talked about it ever okay they tried to hide it they, okay they tried to hide they they tried to hide it from from me and they got the rest of my family to hide it okay it was just why do you think why do you think they tried to hide it i think because they didn't know how to like this was totally out of the ballpark for them you okay know, like, that's a good that word totally out of the ballpark with them they yeah. they didn't know what to do they didn't know how to they put me in like uh special educational classes where it was seemed like I was having trouble with reading and with math, but yeah, because you learned, maybe they didn't see it as you learn different. I think that's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. People understanding this, the autism spectrum and neurodivergence, people who are neurodivergent learn different. So if you don't teach how they learn, they have a greater difficulty learning. 
So it's kind of like, and I think we're, we're making some progress with this mm-hmm. education that autistic people have a different type of brain. They learn different. So you yeah. have to teach to how they learn, right? So, and we can talk about that in our next episode where I got used to your learning style at the center. And then we figured that out and we worked better in getting you to. Um, yeah. What people needed to understand, what, what my parents and what a lot of people needed to understand is that Asperger's and autism it's not necessarily a learning indifference. It's a social indifference. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't think you guys are indifferent. I think you just have difficulty with communication, social communication. That's what I mean. That, that, that's, but that's but in all fairness, a lot of times autism comes with other coexisting um difficulties and learning differences like you know you can have really difficult time with attention and focusing and you can have a lot of anxiety which i know Mm -hmm. you can relate to that right and that all affects your learning right especially if it's not addressed like i know now we have a lot of kids after the pandemic who their anxiety is through the roof like it's it's really bad and i think anxiety is a huge barrier to learning so unless you understand that and you grasp that then you can't provide the best support for somebody on the autism spectrum to thrive and learn Mm -hmm. right so and i know you found that out because I know you you have anxiety as well, and we talked yeah. about that when you were working at the center, and um, and that's an important thing to know because you can't ignore that. You know, you can't ignore it, and I think parents, it's complicated, right? Autism can be a little complicated sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. So it deserves a little commitment to understanding the person. Mm-hmm. So, so you felt like the teachers at the Marino campus kind of understood the spectrum in and a way. Under- my parents never really. We're They're able to wrap really their head around it. it. Yeah. yeah. Never really wanted to understand. I think they just wanted it to just like go away, you know? Like I know. I think that's, I would say, you know, as you know, I have conversations with parents every day, multiple times a day. And I do think the majority feel like the child will outgrow the difficulties they're having, they'll outgrow autism and you don't ever outgrow autism. It's a different type of brain, you know, so it's a different type of being. So, um, but that is a very common way of parents dealing with it. So Melissa, you were saying the teachers really kind of understood you. You felt understood at Marino campus. So yes, yes, I did. In a way that that's an importance of, of finding a school that is suitable for your child's needs, right? Because I always tell parents that that certain schools may be really great, but may not have, you know, the ability to really support your child on where they can do best right? You want your child to be supported. So tell us what your experience was like, you know, beyond the teachers. Like, what did you get out of going to the program at Marino campus and, you know, graduating from there? Tell us a little bit about that. What I got out of is learning how, like, uh, connected I feel, you know, with people, like why that's so important. Okay. And getting friendships and just staying connected to something that you feel a lot of passion for. Right, building your own community. So they yeah. they taught Being you some job skills, but they also helped you with communication. Yes, and the importance of having a job, like why it's so important. And with them, it was like knowing the difference between um, being good at a job and having the passion for it. Like right, wanting to go to work every day. Yeah, wanting to go to work every day. So you you were in the program. How long did the program take? Um, the program took about a year. 
And then they do on the job training, right? Tell yeah, us a little yeah. bit about that. So um, every few months, um, like probably about like six or seven months after students have been a part of Marino campus, um, we take them to job sites where the school is very familiar with. Okay. And we have them be um, interns there for about like uh, four days a week. And we have them work at hotels and restaurants. Um, those are the places that we feel that they could get the most experience out of it because it's more than one job, you know? Right. Um, but you also have, because I toured Marino campus and you also have technical jobs. Yeah. We also have areas where, uh, students learn how to do tech, you know, like where they do virtual realities and, okay. um, and they even do their own podcasts. Right. And so it's like, they're really learning with computers and the stuff that they've built there and designed there is right. really incredible. And they can do customer service because I know that, yes. um, you know, Lori took me into one of the rooms where there were two boys, you know, two young men working there for a company, for a technical company, you know, providing support. So there's a lot of different careers yeah. that you can venture out in Marino. But the most important thing is they do internships and they expose everyone there to different jobs for different yep. reasons, right? Yeah. So what was your journey on the job internship like? Um, well, my, as a student, um, it was very interesting. I, I, uh, I worked at a hotel, you know, doing different jobs, helping out in the laundry department, um, busting tables. And that's kind of like where, after I graduated, um, what brought me to uh, Bahama Breeze. Okay. Okay. That's where you ended up getting your first job. Yeah. Okay. And tell us a little bit about that. Well, at Bahama Breeze, everybody was really great. Um, you know, I got along well with my coworkers and, um, it was something I was good at, you know, um, the managers, they loved me, the coworkers, they loved me. Um, I was a buster and, um, I was really like on the job on top of everything. And at times they'll have me do different things just to, to see if there was anything else I was good at, but it was just, again, it was much like with the dog grooming. It's just not something I had the passion for the drive for something I could see myself doing for okay. uh, the rest of my life, especially when you see everybody else in that job going for something a little bit better. But, you know, that's a good message, too. Like Bahama Breeze was a job you got and you realized it wasn't your career, but it also gave you some experience, which is important and yeah. acquiring some skills and exposing yourself to a new experience. But at the same time, realizing that, you know, you can pursue more, you can do yeah. more, and you yeah. can have more. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's a stepping stone. You don't have to stay there. And that's part of learning. Right. Yeah. So. um. So how long were you at Bahama Breeze? I was there for about six years. Six years. Well, yeah. that's a long time. Okay. Yeah. Then what happened after that? Like, I'm not sure. Like, I know how you came referred to me and one of my interns that was an intern at the social yeah. work center. She worked at Marino. Yes. And she's a therapist, she's a social worker. And so she referred and said, I think Melissa would be a good fit for you. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. we didn't even have an official internship program at the center like we do now, but that's how we met. So, but how did that happen on your end? What did they tell you? Believe it or not, um, I was still connected with Marino campus. I right. still 
participated and volunteered with as many of events as I could. Which they is even- so awesome. You know, that's such an incredible thing, right? Like you wanted yeah. to stay connected to the community, which helped you in a way, because, you know, we'll talk about Melissa's journey at the Social Mind Center and back to Marino campus in our next episode, but it's good for you to say, you know, I stayed connected to the community, right? And, uh, and, and tell me a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about how you stayed connected with Dan Marino and what you did and so forth. Well, before, um, they had this, um, this program called the Academy. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It didn't last very long. Um, but I still stay connected. Um, they had mentors. Okay. Just basically anything. Like when they had social events, I would go to the social events. I would do everything I could to try to help Marino campus. But also but, in going there, you meet people. Yeah. I met the alumni. I also became like a ambassador for that program. I'm not even sure if that still exists, but I met other alumni and, you know, I built connections with the, with the students that I went to school there with and, and right. And that's how you knew Gabby who referred you to me, right? This is is important for you to tell, you know, other students um, and people in college, how important networking is, right? Like, because that's how, you know, Gabby, you know, saw you and said, you know, she called me because she interned for me. And then she said, oh my gosh, I think Melissa would be a great fit for the center. And I think she wants to work helping autistic children. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think it's also important to mention how important mentoring is in our community, like mentoring people and bringing them under your wing and saying, oh, let me show you what I do. Like, I think mentoring is really important yeah. for neurodivergent people, don't you think? Yeah. Because And the thing of it is, too, what's important to remember is that even though you're mentoring, you're still learning. Right. Like, You taught me so much. Like you really improved our internship program. And we'll talk about that at the center because we had interns that were speech pathologists and psychologists and social workers, but we didn't have mentor students. Like, and now we have not just um, students that graduated from, you know, college or a program like yours, but we have college students who come in and um, it's important for them to meet people on the spectrum, especially if they want to be working with autistic people, right? To be in a community with autistic people. Yeah. You know, it's important that I always feel like I'm the oddball in my family you know, because of my Asperger's, I've always felt like nobody understands, you know, like my parents don't understand, nobody in the family understands. So you don't know what it, you probably have an idea, but a lot of people don't understand how much it meant to be to just be in a community where I'm surrounded by people who are like me, you know? Right, right. And understand you. Maybe not complete, understand is probably a better word. Yeah. You just, you don't feel so odd anymore because people know you know, even at the center, you know, all the kids, you know, most, most of the kids are not everyone's on the spectrum, but they're all neurodivergent, right? Like they all don't think like neurotypical. So it's important for them to have mentorship with people like them too, because it encourages them. Right. So, um, so the building a community or becoming part of a community that's neurodivergent, um, is super important yeah. because people need encouragement and people yes. need to know they belong. And understanding. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So even though you were at Bahama Breeze for all that time and you knew that that's probably not the career you were striving for, um, you stayed plugged in to your college community, to your professional mm -hmm. community, and you attended their professional social events because this was an opportunity for you to meet people. And that's yeah. how you you came to us at the Social Mind Center. And, you know, that is like a whole nother story, right? So we're going to yeah. talk about that in our next session. But is there any like last thing you would want to tell like the audience about, you know, the professional journey of somebody who's on autism spectrum or has Asperger's, like one takeaway that you would like to tell parents or your peers, you know? Um, there is one. Parents and kids who are listening to this, for you parents, listen to your kids, like really listen to them. They know how they feel. Your heart's in the right place. And you may think that you understand your child and their uniqueness better than they do, but they're the ones who have this. Nobody understands it more or better than they do. They're the they experts. Do. They're the experts, not you. Right, right. Right. And, and even yeah. for like, you're talking now and, and obviously Melissa, you're so smart and you're so insightful, but you know, a lot of the kids in our community have difficulty communicating, right? Yeah. But it doesn't matter. They still communicate in their own way and you have to respect that. Like yes. a lot of them may have a device. A lot of them may show you what they want. I feel the parent has to make a very committed effort to to find out what is it that they want and they need and yeah. they need to respect it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and they do so by listening to their kid. Right. Not However they communicate, right? right? You can listen and, and you can pay attention, yes. Not assuming that they know more about their own child's uniqueness better than the child themselves because they don't have it, their child does. Absolutely. Nobody, nobody understands it better or more than they do. And that's one of the roadblocks that I had with my parents. They couldn't understand what comes with this Asperger's. They couldn't understand why I stick to routine, why I do this, why I do that. And no matter how many times I kept telling them, like, this is part of, this is who I am. This is part of my Asperger's. And, and it's not an excuse. It's not. No, like, it's not. It's a different way. It's a different kind of brain. So if you don't have that brain, like I'm a neurotypical, I don't, I'm not neurodivergent. So I have to rely on my kids who are young yeah. adults too. They're, they're both in college to tell me what it feels like for them and what their experience is like, because I'm not in their shoes. I don't know. So um, it's that's where it's important to intentionally listen to your children and, and how they feel. Yeah, you know? and the thing of it is too, um, it's it's like I said, it, you're not making an excuse like for, because I know a lot of parents and a lot of people think, oh, well, that's an excuse, you know, you could do this if you wanted to and, and blah blah, you know, and blah. Yeah, well, blah, that's blah. not being that's being it's a little inconsiderate. Yeah, they're not knocking their own potential or trying to come up with an excuse or they're they're not. They're well, not they just need help finding another way. I think that's what you're trying to say. Like, yeah, like you need to find another way that the way they little would do grass. it is not how you do it. So right. you need to be flexible. And you know, um, I think sometimes we say that autistic people are. Inflexible, but I think I run into more inflexibility from 
neurotypical people yeah. who want autistic people to be like them and they're not like them. So you need to be flexible and kind of meet and try to understand Fiddle what they around. need. Right. So Fiddle what would around. you say to people like you, young people like you or young, um, you know, neurodivergent people who are, you know, in middle school, high school or, or getting out of high school? What, what would you say to them? I would say that, that there's still hope that no matter what people say, you can do anything. And you need to try different you things, can do, right? You can, you can, yeah, you need to try different things, but you could do anything that anyone else can do and to not let your own uniqueness stop you. You know, right. like no matter what. Absolutely. That's such a good word. And also finding, you know, you want to do something and it's okay to find the support and the help you need to do it, right? Like, like if you're not sure how to go about it, there are people in the community that can help you so you don't give up because you can find people to help you to get where you are right yeah. so sometimes it's not that fast right so would you say to people to be a little patient because it yes. takes a while to get to where you need to be and i think that's a life a life lesson for everyone and i mean do a lot of volunteer work too to yes do, do jobs that that aren't really jobs but as a way of to do things like volunteer work or well, just to see if you like it or to see if you like it or yeah, are there extracurricular activities? See, that's how I really got with Marino campus is because of all the volunteer work that I did, you know, that helped me discover how much I really love working with them. So it's not just with um, when it comes to getting a job, it's not just finding a job. You could search your whole life for a job and still never find the perfect fit, but you'll find that if you do volunteer work, that the job may come to you. I agree with you. I totally agree with you because I'm a volunteer. I've always been a volunteer. I love volunteering and and my volunteer work enhances my life tremendously because I work, you know, at the Social Mind Center, I work with um, neurodivergent people. I volunteer in the public school system. That helps me to understand the system better to better help our community navigate a system that isn't designed for them. So it, it expands your knowledge, but also volunteering to helps you try new things, which is important and helps you with that exposure. And you can see, oh, I like this, yeah. you know, um, and it's not a big commitment. It's like, you know, you do a few hours a week and can try new things to see if you like it. And I yeah. think that's and important. So that's what I, so parents who have kids who are on the um, autism spectrum or have Asperger's or even dyslexia or any uniqueness or anything at all yeah and you kids, could start young right you would encourage people to start young yeah and kids for you also don't worry so much about finding the perfect job true Let the job find you that is so put good. yourself out there that is such great advice melissa you're killing it you've got such great advice like we've gone way further like i never i mean we planned out our podcast today and we didn't even think we would get into it, but that's kind of how it is when you go back and forth and i knew that you would have all this great advice to offer people and you're always so positive and encouraging even though you've gone through a lot of stuff right it wasn't it hasn't been easy for you to get to this point and you're still encouraging people and that's why it's so important for you i know you're a mentor to a lot of people it's so important 
to have a mentor, to have an encourager, and to get our kids out there. Because I know a lot of parents are afraid to get their kids out there and find a place for them in the community mm -hmm. because they're scared of the criticism and they're scared about them being judged or not being accepted. But unless we get out there, yeah, we don't find our place, right? Yeah, so exactly. And you get, get out, out there, there by putting your by putting yourself out there through volunteer work. And like I've said since the beginning, it doesn't have to be a job. Right. It could be work that you're doing. See, I've always found that there's a difference between a job and work. A job is something that you feel that you have to do. Like like it's something that's it's something that puts food on the table and it's something that that you're willing to do. Mm -hmm. But work is something that you want to do. Okay. Yeah, it's like your career. That, like your career, the difference between a job and your career, right? You want to Yeah, like something a job you is something do. that you have like you something you have to do. It's something that you do because it's something that it's re required. And right. work is something that you want to do that could eventually lead to the the career that you love, the career of your choice. Okay. Yeah, that's me. Like I love my center and I love going to work every day. Yeah. So it's work. And, and you um, don't consider work a job. It's something Yeah, I don't consider the center my job. It's my career. It's what I love yeah. to do. And so, um and it really does make a difference to do something you love. Well, Melissa, I so appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and you've really encouraged me today and I hope you're an encouragement to other families out there and to neurodivergent individuals that are listening to you and they get encouraged to get out there and start their journey and finding their place in the world. And then we're going to have a second episode where we're going to talk about Melissa and I and how she came to intern at the Social Mind Center. And um, she was part of the Brick by Brick program. We'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about her journey back to Dan Marino the Marino campus and now how she works there and she helps autistic individuals find their place in the world. And I think that's so important because that is a passion of hers. She sees that as a career when she came to the center. That's what she told me she wants to do. She wants to learn how to help people on the spectrum find their place in the world. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to that next session. Thank you so much for taking the You're time. Welcome. I think this was awesome. Thank you. you know, I'm, I feel encouraged now by you and my work and what, what we both do. So I look forward to our next session. Thank you so much, Melissa. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us at the Different Skill Notebook. The script is available on the Podbean site and at socialmindcenter.com. We can also be reached through our website.